there supporting. He'll come in after the puck. Look at the numbers the Capitals have. Justin Bailey. Cut it! Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. Saul, 64, November 28th, and man, oh man, all eyes were on the calendar for this one in oil country as the Oilers get set to take on the Vegas Golden Knights tonight, uh, the quarter pole of the season, and everyone thought, you know what, this is going to be a game to really see where everything is, where the temperature is, where the Oilers are in the standings, where Vegas is in the standings, but... We all know the situation is what it is. The Oilers come in 7-12-1 Vegas after that overtime loss last night in Calgary, 14-5-3. But Vegas only 3-5-2 in its last 10 games. So off to that great hot start, built up a cushion. Having said that, I still say the number one team in the power rankings are the LA Kings, and the Kings are right on the heels of uh, Vegas in the Pacific Division. Always nice to hear the Duke of Delburn's intro choices for sound-ups, we call them in the business, from last night. So you have Mackenzie Weger. Well, before we get to the Ottawa Snow Angel City, there was, what, eight Snow Angels given out there? Is that what uh, it was? Oh, eight? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. believe eight, yeah. yeah. Uh, Snow Angel for, I think he, people figure know what they are. It's a 10-minute misconduct. That's what uh, was called years and years ago. I think it's carried over uh, the referee signal, the hips to the side, the Snow Angel. So uh, Mackenzie Weger almost coughed up the game. Uh, I was watching that game. It was a good game last night. The goaltenders were very good. Had to watch that game because the Thursday night football game was so bad. So anyway... <laughs> Mackenzie Weger scores with five seconds left in overtime. Now the Flames, you know, they're starting to hum along, Duke. And then the eight misconducts, I believe 167 penalty minutes in that Ottawa game, Florida. What's funny is they had 166 between the two of them last year. So they don't like each other. The big news this morning is that Patrick Kane looks to be signing a contract with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, broken by Chris Johnston and Elliot Friedman. It's always, they, they seem to send it out at the exact same time, so we'll just give them both credit. Maybe it was Johnston a millisecond earlier, but uh, Patrick Kane, after his off-season surgery, uh, hip surgery, now he will be with the Detroit Red Wings. And... Uh, I think Frank Saravalli had uh, Detroit as a dark horse. Most people thought he would be going back to the Rangers, even Buffalo, his hometown. 
we had that one show here, Duke, where everyone had a nice dream about him coming here. That was at the very start of the year when the Oilers were still, I think they cup were. Cup or bust. Cup or bust. Cup or bust. <laughs> but that's the way it goes. Uh, uh, anyway, so it looks like he'll be signing with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, big, big signing for Detroit. And uh, interesting signing. We'll see if it's just for the rest of the year. I think years ago they used to have to sign guys uh, before December 1st. And maybe it's still, I think it's still still a rule, before December 1st because uh, then if you did it later, you'd have to clear waivers and there were problems with guys coming over from Europe and, and things like that. So big, big signing for Detroit. Text line open, 1-833-401-1440, 1-833-401-1440. The Vegas-Calgary game was very interesting last night because uh, Markstrom came to the rink Sick, then he gets sent home. So now they got to find an e-bug, and it's uh, Dustin Nickel. And he's not exactly, like, this isn't a guy like the Oilers grab Matt Berlin. This guy played 10 years ago for Mount Royal. And back then it would have been, it wouldn't have been Mount Royal University. It was Mount Royal in the ACAC. So Dustin Nickel comes in. And then early on in the game, William Carrier basically runs Dan Vladar. And the Flames did nothing about it. They went, uh, A.J. Greer kind of gave Carrier a little pat, a little pat right now on the, uh, you know, oh, it's okay, big guy. But I, I was pretty surprised at that, that there wasn't a little bit of a response from the Flames on that play, only because you got Dustin Nickel ready to go in. So... Anyway, Calgary comes back to win a 2-1 in overtime. Mackenzie Weger gets the overtime winner with five seconds left. Gives Calgary big, big, big win. Vegas gets the one point. So it was a it was a it was solid game by both goaltenders. Aiden Hill played great for Vegas. So that means the Oilers will see Logan Thompson tonight. And again, Calgary just kind of found a way to win. And they've been coming from behind a lot. Lately, so it was a good, good two points for Calgary. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Stair Farmer chimes in and his uh, morning check in. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Go Oilers, go! Harry says, Brady Matthew one is a turtle. Brady would fight the whole other team. Grandmother was not happy that the whole team jumps Brady. Yes, Grandma Kachuk was in the stands and had the look of horror on her face several times. Last night, but 106 penalty minutes from that scrum, all of, well, okay, 80 of them, thanks to the Snow Angels, the 10-minute misconduct, 167 on the game. They had 166 between the two teams last year. Florida, by the way, uh, wins at 5 nothing, and one of the top three goaltenders in the history of the league, Sergei Bobrovsky, gets the shutout. Nothing from the Duke. He wasn't paying attention to me there. <laughs> yes, of course. Top three goaltender in the league, Sergey Bobrovsky. Yes, well documented. Yeah, well, we on had this that program. That was on an inner out about two weeks ago, and that was one of the Dukes. What it was in last week? Because this was, was right when week? they were the Oilers okay. played the Panthers, yeah. was it not? Well, again, the shows blend in. Duke, we're on we're on show number sixty today. Yes, so they all blend in. Um, but yes, uh, a big shout out for Bobrovsky. That's his fortieth, I believe, career. So. 
Florida is just, I mean, they have a good team. They they are deep. They're a good team. Vegas is a good team. They have balance. They have depth. Although, if a team is ripe for the pick and coming in here tonight to play the Oilers, it is Vegas, one of the top teams in the league. You have to give it to them. And defending Stanley Cup champions. They have balance. They have depth. They have a huge defense. However, two of the mainstays on defense, Alec Martinez, Shea Theodore, did not play last night. That brings up other players uh, to fill the void. But Vegas, their defense, the man, just monsters back there. I mean, I think Alec Martinez is the smallest guy. Nicholas Haig, 6'6", 240. We saw him last year in the playoffs. He was dynamite, JJ. I mean, how, how he could fall in the draft to where he did in the second round, 34th overall. So there were a lot... And, I mean, the Oilers could have snagged him. I mean, that pick that year is is Kyler Yamamoto. I wonder where Nicholas Haig was on the radar. A six-foot-six defenseman who scored 35 goals as a defenseman in 2017-2018 in the OHL. Had 78 points, 35 goals. Played one season in the minor leagues, and then has been a stalwart on the Vegas blue line. One of the big reasons they won uh, the Stanley Cup last year. Paired with Alex Petrangelo, they feed off each other. They play well together. Big Hague fan. Big Hague fan here. So tonight, what are we going to see from the Oilers? It's an interesting situation where they've had two good games in a row. Slow start to Anaheim. I think everybody agrees with that. Slow start against Anaheim. This is a game where you have to win to keep this momentum going. You lose tonight everything you built on in Washington, everything you built on uh, waking up after six, seven minutes against Anaheim and dominating the Ducks for the last 50-odd minutes. This is a win, win, win type of game. Have to win tonight. Regulation win would even be better if you want that. Uh, But you got to have a win. You need to keep that momentum brewing. Feel good about yourself. Then you go into Winnipeg, and then you got, you know, you got six more at home before going out on the road for basically the last part of December. So with the Christmas break in the middle. Uh, Ricky in the Donut texts in 1-833-401-1440. A Pacific Division rival is a must. Regulation win for the Oilers, especially at home. You know, to be honest with you, I don't even think the Oilers would care right now if it, if they beat Vegas in overtime. Not right, not at this point. Vegas, everyone in the Pacific Division is the Pacific Division. Worry about building your game, building your momentum to keep going for the next one. So this is again, it's trivial, but it's shift by shift, period by period, and and game by game here. The Oilers need to continue to build here because a loss tonight basically erases what they accomplished in Washington and in uh, against Anaheim at, at Rogers Place. Well, there's power play now sixth in the league, ranked uh, 25.7. That was before last night. Uh, maybe there's some tinkering going on, but uh, everything goes back again to last year's playoff series. This was the, the, the Vegas Golden Knights took the Oilers' dream of a Stanley Cup away from them. Game five, the series is 2-2. Game five, three goals in the second period in a span of about a minute and a half. Two of them were on the power play. 
Matthias Janmark took a high-sticking penalty, if you remember. It gave the uh, Golden Knights a five-on-three power play. And keep in mind, Darnell Nurse did not play. Alex Petrangelo did not play. They were suspended in game four. Petrangelo, the slash on Leon Dreisaitl. Will there be a little bit of a message sent tonight on that? See what happens. You don't have to, and it doesn't have to be Petrangelo. It can be a little message sent to Mark Stone, uh, Wild Bill Carlson. It could be Marchessault. It could be Jack Eichel. Just a little subtlety to go, you know what? Remember when you almost took Leon's arm off with the slash? Only got one game. Darnell Nurse was suspended the one game four, coming in and, if you want to call it, in instigating a fight with, you know, a couple minutes left in the game. I mean, that was... If you're doing this, if you're the NHL, you have to look at that and go, all right, that is by the books. We understand... This these are the rules. Darnell Nurse, you get a game, but then you got to give two games. You have to give two games to Petrangelo for that slash. So anyway, you lose game five, four, three, and now it's do or die back in Edmonton for game number six. Same thing happens. A lapse in the second period. Marchiso scores a natural hat trick. Five to the final. Game over. Series over. Aiden Hill made 39 saves. Uh, Stu Skinner made 13 saves, was pulled for the third period. We saw Jack Campbell come in. Just to go back, I remember being in the interview room, in the Oilers Hall of Fame room. Took a long time for some guys to come in there. Here's the quote from Leon Dreisaitl. It hurts. Dreisaitl said with a shaking voice, and if you remember those... Minutes after the game, you could see and feel the emotion. Uh, it's tough to find words right now, said Settle. When you start a season, you're in it to win it. We're at that stage. If you don't complete that, it feels like a failure or a wasted year almost. It hurts. Never got over it for a long time. Probably still haven't. The door was open. You had Seattle next round. You had Florida waiting in the wings the way things played out. It was a glorious opportunity for the Oilers. So we'll see what happens tonight at Rogers Place, the 14-5-3. Vegas Golden Knights up against the 7-12-1 Edmonton Oilers. The second quarter poll gets underway in the NHL for the Oilers. Busy show, and it's all hockey today. We got lots and lots of hockey. We'll squeeze some Monday night football in we have to talk Monday night football Duke I mean you were down at the at the uh, CBH what was I like? would actually rather not talk wow. about that Kevin Wasn't because that, that was disgusting that was probably the worst game and I mean I was only going back and forth a little bit during commercial breaks just because it was so bad mm-hmm. so okay four picks for Dobbs four picks for Dobbs two fumbles for Fields <laughs> one touchdown scored in the game it was gross and not like sometimes if you see a big defensive battle, you can kind of appreciate that for what it is. That's it not what this was. Sloppy. This eh? was just a sloppy game. Oh, man. Um, our our good friend, host of Fantasy Frenzy, Connor Halley, former Ross Shep T Bird, <laughs> ended up losing his fantasy matchup by 0.18 points uh, as a result of Alex Madison. He he basically needed like three more yards to clip to the next. Um, so three more the, yards. The, yeah. the next yeah. point of 10 to get a, another full point on the fantasy uh, side of things. So that was disappointing for him. 
Uh, my gambling went terrible because the game was such a, uh, like I said, yeah. a sloppy affair. Only validation that the, that one touchdown was to TJ Hawkinson, which I uh, yeah. had on a solo slip, which was uh, redeem myself financially for the night. But otherwise, yeah, it was it was just gross across the board. And always a good time at the CBH. I went down and joined Connor for Monday Night Football at mm-hmm. St. Albert South. We had uh, a pizza, which I'd never had at the CBH before. Unbelievably yeah. good. I was blown away. And then we got uh, some cake at the end as well, a la mode. Really? Well, good for you guys. Uh, just update. Uh, you, I know you're so concerned about my fantasy football team. Now 0-14. 0-14 oh, <laughs> after a double week. I had a decent week. I, I think next week is my only week that I can squeak one out. Uh, but, I mean, guys are putting up one. I lost to Gregor. I mean, that's embarrassing as it is right there. Gregor had about extra 15 draft picks this last year. He's only 8-6. and six. Only 8-6. and six, So, I mean... When we come back, uh, Ryan Kennedy will join us from the Hockey News. we got a busy show. Uh, Double Barrels uh, from Sportsnet and the Daily Face-Off at 8 o'clock. Mark Spector, Frank Saravalli. Grant Fear co-host with us, 9 to 11 every Tuesday. And we will have a former teammate, Ron Lowe. They played together way back in uh, the early 80s. Grant Fear's, I believe, first year here, and Ronnie Lowe was... Well, he was here since he got traded at the end of the Oilers' first season in the NHL. So, uh, and I mean, what a fiery coach and players would. I mean, again, we talked about that 96, 97, 98 run. Those guys played hard, and it was Ronnie Lowe demanded that and expected that. And that's that's how that Oilers team, or how those Oilers teams were uh, in that era. And uh, Paul Delos Santos uh, covers the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, we'll check in at nine. 20. So when we come back, Paul, uh, Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News, guest with us on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, good tune. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time to bring in Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News. Uh, Ryan, good morning. Welcome back to Sports 1440. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. Lots of things happening in the last, uh, whatever, 24, 48 hours, including this morning with uh, the... Uh, Patrick Kane situation, uh, a couple of big wigs in the Hockey World Insider breaking it this morning, uh, Elliot Friedman and Chris Johnson. But your thoughts on uh, Patrick Kane looks to be signing with the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, very interesting because, you know, the last time we saw Patrick Kane, of course, was the Rangers, and he didn't have much of an impact there. But when I look at this move for the Red Wings, it, it feels almost like, Eiserman giving his troops a vote of confidence and saying, you know, I believe in you guys. You, you put in the work. You know, the Red Wings are currently third in the Atlantic Division uh, with, with Tampa right behind them and not too far behind. Um, so I, I think it's a way of saying, like, hey, let's, let's push this over the line. We've had a, a significant playoff drought. And, you know, Patrick Kane can certainly help on the power play. You know, the Red Wings power play has been just kind of middling. Uh, but the other thing I'm thinking about this is if you think about some of the other teams that Patrick Kane was linked to, Boston, Florida, even Toronto for that matter, they're all in the same division. So not only do the Red Wings get Patrick Kane, but they deprive one of their opponents of Patrick Kane. So uh, pretty interesting for me. And I think a lot of people just 
I guess not assume because it's not working out that way that the New York Rangers, because he was there last year and the Rangers are, you know, 15, four and one and humming along. Everyone thought he was going to go to the big apple again. Yeah. And, and again, like why, why mess with a good thing? You know, the Rangers have really found their stride this year. Um, getting some excellent contributions from unlikely places. I mean, Jonathan Quick has been one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. And I think, you know, if you asked anybody in the preseason, would it be Quick or Shesterkin carrying the Rangers, they would have easily said Shesterkin mm-hmm. since he's been himself one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. But, you know, the offense is obviously humming in New York. And they're also, they've been doing it lately without Adam Fox, who is a Norris-caliber defenseman. So, um, I, I think for New York, it's just a matter of we are happy with what we have and things are going well. And, you know, as we speak with uh, Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News, uh, I think Derek Lalonde is such a under-the-radar kind of coach that the players just love. And Alex DeBrinket is in Detroit too. So, I mean, there's a couple of variables there that, uh, I mean, might have swayed the decision for Patrick Kane. Definitely. And yeah, DeBrinket, obviously a, a former line mate that had a lot of success together in Chicago. And, you know, Derek Lalonde, you know, coming from Tampa Bay where they, he had a lot of success, uh, you know, under John Cooper on that bench. And then, I mean, for me, you know, uh, I, I think last year during the playoffs when Derek Lalonde was on Hockey Night in Canada, I thought he was brilliant just the way he was breaking down. Uh, games and, and the analysis he had. So it shows you what a great hockey mind he has. And in Detroit this year, yeah, he's been very good and, and a big reason why they've had success on the ice. We're with Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News on Sports 1440. So, you know, Ryan, I was watching, uh, you know, the Mighty Networks yesterday in Toronto, and you'd swear that the Cadbury secret was being let out with the announcement of Mitch Marner moving lines from, uh, I guess, with Austin Matthews moving down to the second line. You would swear that, uh, you know, all hell is breaking loose in Toronto. Marner is struggling, I guess, a little bit, you could say. But, I mean, this was pretty big news of Mitch Marner kind of changing lines in Toronto. Uh, Your thoughts on that subject? Yeah, it's interesting because things just really haven't gotten into gear this year with the Leafs. And it's funny, when you look at Marner's actual numbers, I think a lot of NHL players would love to have his quote-unquote slump, uh, you know, because he is still top 50 in NHL scoring right now. Twenty, you know, He's a point-per-game guy. Uh, I mean, if anything, you know, the Leafs have really had problems on the defensive end. And, you know, I mean, Mitch Marner as a forward, that's not really his thing, but he has been a very good defensive forward the past couple of years, uh, certainly deadly shorthanded. I think the Leafs, for whatever reason, they, they just haven't gotten on track yet, and I don't know if it's the new faces or the lack of some of the old faces. Um, you know, goaltending has been kind of in and out. Uh, you know, Joseph Wall has, has certainly outperformed Elias Samsonov. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think they're just trying to find the right mix right now. And, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of pressure in the market, just like there's a lot of pressure in Edmonton on the Oilers. You know, you get a big Canadian market. That's always yeah. going to happen. And, again, you look at the standings, and right now, I mean, the Leafs, they've got some work to do. I mean, <laughs> they are expected to be – not only a playoff team, but you know, preseason we we saw them as one of the top teams in the East. So, you know, clock's ticking. 
Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News is our guest on Sports 1440. The Maple Leafs are home to the Florida Panthers tonight. Florida in Ottawa last night, a bit of a dust-up. What did you make of that game, Ryan? Uh, for me, it was really fun because uh, I wasn't out there on the ice. Uh, you know, as a neutral observer, uh, I I, I got to say, I love the chaos. I love the Donnie Brooks. Uh, I did think it was kind of funny that the Kachuk brothers didn't get too close to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always go back to interviewing Matthew Kachuk years ago. Uh, Brady wasn't even in the NHL yet. And I was like, who's tougher? And he's like, oh, Brady's tougher. He's like, I don't want to fight Brady. Uh, you know, they fought enough as kids. And uh, I, I think you kind of saw that last night that, you know, anytime Brady got involved, it was kind of like three Panthers yeah. had to take him on. So, I, again, for me, I. I love when things kind of pop off every once in a while. I mean, the game mm-hmm. was out of reach. Um, you know, I know there was the Zach McEwen, uh You know, I, I wouldn't even call it a hit on Kachuk. Uh, I know at least folks on social media were were, were calling for his head, but <laughs> I don't know. It, it felt like he kind of led more with his hands than any other part of his body. So for me, I wouldn't expect any supplemental discipline, but who knows? Matthews smart guy he's a smart guy if he says that brady's the tougher tougher brother because brady's got the old man strength already and he's way younger so uh (laughs) he does ryan kennedy from the hockey news our guest uh ryan i think you're just getting an article out uh regarding the la kings my pick still i think the kings are number one the number one power ranking team in the nhl um what did you make of uh, the material you gathered for this article with the Kings uh, really humming, and especially on the road? Yeah, so uh, you know we're we're putting together our, our World Junior preview, and one of the non-World Junior articles is going to be on Quentin Byfield, who uh, has had a breakout season for the Kings, playing on the line with Andre Kopitar and Adrian Kempe. Uh, they've been incredibly dynamic, but I had to ask Byfield mm-hmm. about. The Kings run. They're eight one and one in their last ten, second in the division, and you know he was he was saying all the lines are clicking, all the D pairs are trustworthy, and most crucially, both goaltenders are playing well for them now. And I think that was the big question mark coming into the season. They were going with Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley. Was that going to be enough? Clearly, so far, it's gotten the job done. They've only given up forty seven goals on the season, uh, which is pretty good and you know both goaltenders have been trustworthy and and byfield was saying like i know if i make a mistake either of those guys have my back they're going to bail us out so there's just a lot of confidence in la right now uh byfield himself has a lot of confidence in his game and his teammates they all see it you know guys like kopitar and kempe saying you know he's getting rewarded he was doing the right stuff last year and it just didn't translate to the score sheet this year it is so Things are pretty sunny in L.A. right now. You know, uh, I'll be honest with you, Ryan. I saw uh, Quentin Byfield um, last year in the you know during the playoff run, and um, this is he's still growing into his body. This guy could be he's he's like a tight end in the NFL. Hmm. He's he's six five. He's you know I think they say his weight's two twenty five. There's no way he's two twenty five. He's got to be playing closer to two thirty five because he's that big. He's and like there's not an ounce of fat on this guy. He is a he's a like he's a monster out there. Yeah, and and again, you know, when you talk to his teammates, they talk about how well he uses his body already. And one thing that was interesting to me was I was asking him, 
You know, like he's playing wing now, but he's a natural center, but he's playing with Andre Kopitar, mm-hmm. one of the best centers in the game. And Andre Kopitar is also a pretty big dude. And I asked him, you know, what he's learned from Kopitar. And one of the things he said off the ice is how well Kopitar takes care of his body. You know, the maintenance that he does, um, you know, he, Kopitar does the cold tubs. Mm-hmm. So now Byfield's been doing cold tubs. <laughs> and he's saying, I even do it before the game. It kind of wakes me up. So, you know, he's in this great spot where he has like the perfect mentor who also happens to be his line mate. And I, I think that just helps even more where Byfield can see that Kopitar's the first guy that shows up to the rink every day. And, you know, he's the guy that makes sure that he's eating right, that, you know, he's doing the cold tubs, he's doing the hot tubs, the saunas, things like that. So <laughs> I agree with you. You know, Byfield, he's going to get even better. And to me, that's a, a wonderfully scary proposition uh, given that we've seen sort of, you know, what we expected from him when he was taken second overall a few years ago. It's really starting to blossom now. You know, behind Alexi Lafreniere in that uh, 2020 draft, as you mentioned, second overall, he's got four goals. He has 12 assists. What is it about the makeup? And I guess Byfield sort of answered your question, Ryan, but it's just they seem to be, be able to roll those four lines over, as you said, but Man, everything is clicking right now for this team. And as I said, I have them number one in my power rankings. They they are that good right now. Yeah, and it's funny. Like, when I was looking at the Kings, you, you sort of look at them and say, okay, like, I don't know where they're going to finish in the standings, but I certainly wouldn't want to play them in the first round of the playoffs. Maybe not even the second round at this point. Because... They're so strong down the middle, like Kopitar, Deneau, Pierre-Luc, Dubois. That's an incredible top three because Mm -hmm. all guys can produce, but all guys can also shut you down. And if you think about the playoffs, goals are harder to come by, and we've seen heavy hockey tends to win out the day more times than not. You look at Vegas and, you know, how they dispatched Florida. You look at Colorado where, yeah, they were a fast team, but they were always pushing forward, and guys like McKinnon and Nachushkin were so crucial up front for Colorado. And, you know, I mean, even Tampa, yeah, they were really skilled, but they had a lot of big dudes on that team. So I think with L.A., you're seeing it's almost a throwback to when the Kings were winning cups a few years ago, and some of those guys like Kopitar and Drew Doughty are, are still there. So that's nice to have that connective tissue, the guys that can say, okay, well, we've been on this journey before. This is, this is what it's going to take. And and it, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Drew Doughty's playing very, very well on the back end. Uh, Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News. Ryan, what have you made of the Oilers? Sort of, we think they've turned it around. We think they've fi- finally found their game. But Vegas is coming in here uh, tonight, uh, one of the top teams as well. So I guess this is the ult- ultimate litmus test for the Oilers uh, tonight against the Golden Knights. Yeah, and you know, I mean, Vegas played last night, so that's a bit of an advantage for the Oilers. You know, they'll be they'll be more rested. Uh, but when I look at the Oilers now, it, to me, it's all about because of the the horrible start. Everything is in like three game increments at this point. Like I look at their schedule and I say, okay, well, they have to win at least one or two of these games. If they don't, it's done. And it's like, okay, well, they won one game, so that's fine. And then you look at the next three games, it's like, okay, well, Vegas. You know, that's a hard game, but they got to take it. Then they get Winnipeg, who's been pretty awesome yeah. this year. Then they get Carolina, who's 
been underwhelming, but is still, you know, pretty talented and, and beat the Oilers, uh, I think it was last week. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, they got to win at least two of three because it's not just about getting out of the funk. It's about passing a bunch of teams. And, again, I, it's still early in the season. They've only played 20 games, but they've, they've got to pass a bunch of teams if they want to at least get to the wild card because Vegas and L.A., those teams look pretty locked in. Vancouver's uh, in a bit of a funk, uh, but I think they'll at least stabilize. And then you have to look and say, okay, well, is there a fourth team that goes to the playoffs in that division, or is it going to be a crossover? Mm-hmm. So it's not only that you got to beat Anaheim, Seattle, and Calgary, <laughs> but you have to think, okay, well, are we as good as St. Louis? Uh, are we as good as Nashville? Like that's the sort of match Calgary, to get into. Yeah. And, you know, and that's and that's the problem right now is every game is crucial, and it's it's going to be hard to maintain that pace for another, you know, sixty or forty-two games, sixty-two games, sixty-two. Uh, yeah, sorry, sixty-two yeah. games. But but that's that's, that's what the, they got to do right now, and that's the reality. That's because they dug themselves into such a hole at seven, twelve, and one. So, hey, Ryan, uh, looking forward to that article on uh, the LA Kings. Appreciate your time this morning, and uh, enjoy. Uh, it's another busy night uh, in the NHL. Enjoy the games tonight, and we'll talk soon. Will do. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ryan. That's uh, Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News. The Oilers uh, three points back, as we said last week, and even in prior weeks. Just worry about you know, the game in front of you and maybe the team in front of you. They ended up passing Minnesota in the standings. Now the next team that you're looking at is Anaheim. So just worry about that one at a time. I mean, Calgary with two points now, I mean, they're, they've vaulted into a wildcard spot. Nashville, five wins in a row. They're just a point out of a wild card spot. So these are teams that let's just worry about those teams later. Worry about winning tonight, building, creating more momentum, taking it forward. That's the that's the goal. That's the mindset of this team right now. Top of the hour, we will have uh, Mark Spector and then Frank Saravalli. Looking forward to Grant Fear and Ron Lowe a little bit later on in the show when we come up. Come back a little bit of a open text line and open phone line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. We had a couple people on hold that uh, were uh, on during the Ryan Kennedy interview. Give us a shout back if you so choose to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. It's the Kevin Carey Show on Sport fourteen forty. Stay with us. Oh yeah, well seven forty break. B A Brian Adams. That's a fresh one out of the archives. That's a new one for the Duke to bring in his buddy Brian Adams. So we were just talking during the break. I kind of missed the Stingray chili cook-off yesterday at 12 o'clock. I was, had another appointment. But uh, you had, uh, you were like the taste tester. There was five or six chilies that uh, all the employees here in the Stingray building brought yeah, in. And- yeah, so five different uh, Stingray employees, including uh, head honcho Jackie Ray, <laughs> uh, JR made one, uh, Doug Mattis, engineer, Marissa and Brent out of promotions. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, they, each one was like unique. Each one kind of had an element that made it different than the other, and they were all great. I uh, like Connor and I talked about it pretty extensively during our show yesterday. <laughs> it turned into fantasy chili talk, yeah, uh, for a good stretch of the program. But yeah, they were all great. And uh, Doug, uh, yeah, the engineer Doug Mattis, he ended up coming out on top. Uh, he's his was served like inside a bun, mm. but not so much as like a bun bowl, but also not like a sandwich because the bun was still hollowed out. But the chili was inside it, so you could pick it up and eat it. But it wasn't, it wasn't like a sloppy Joe spilling out everywhere. So it, it was 
Very unique, very good. I think presentation went a long way, but taste-wise, they were all great. There was some spicy ones. There oh, was yeah. a smoked one. There was a kind of a sweet heat style one. And then uh, JR's, which is a uh, award-winning so, chili uh, in previous uh, iterations. So I, I can't see Jackie Ray Greening bringing in a chili. So is it like Hormel chili from uh, Grumpy Old Men? Is that what it is? Or, or, or they, what they, am I missing here? They were they were all good. And as I said, uh, had all the ready. We talked about it yesterday, whether like um, the, we're talking about uh, some Texas-style <laughs> chili without any beans. These ones all had beans. There was no skyline chili out of Cincinnati. It wasn't being served to us on top of spaghetti noodles. Um it, they were all a pretty standard chili format, but with unique twists on them. Uh, so next year we're gonna, you and I will make a little chili and enter, so, enter yeah. it in the. We got it. We were late to the party getting this yes. thing because uh, we're just, you know, we're the, 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 you know, the ugly stepchild sister here at the station. Still, you know, yeah, the, usually, the new, the new station. Usually, you know? when uh, when the offices having their things, whether it be uh, a Halloween little adventure, it's. They they always invite us, but sometimes it's like, oh crap! Did we yeah. remember to tell the uh, the sports fourteen forty guys about? Because this? we're but just not on the the group emails of everything. We're still we're still know. integrating our way into the we culture are. here at the Stingray Studios. It's been three months already. It's gone by fast. <laughs> that it has. It has sixtieth show has. today. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Call us as well if you'd like at that same number. Hey, the rig says uh, that's my favorite BA song. By the way. Where's that rank for you, Duke? Brian Adams song? What's, uh, it, I don't even, what's the name of that song? It fits, fits you good. Oh, um, okay. That one's a little bit lower down the list for me. It's it's a good one. I like to obviously keep it in the mix because it is one that's not as mm-hmm. uh, popular with the general public, I think. kind of. Uh, I mean, it was still a single release, but of the singles, probably a bit of a deeper cut if you, if you can consider one that was on public radio a deep cut. But uh, yeah, that one's not super high up. I love the the like opening um, yeah. instrumental part, I like do the, too. the beat on that. Yeah. But the actual like uh, vocals and stuff in it aren't quite a, uh, up top for me, but I'm glad the rig liked it. Mm-hmm. The rig loved it. Uh, this is uh, a text that really, really, and we touched on this off the top of the show. This sums up, I guess, what's going to happen tonight for the Edmonton Oilers taking on the Vegas Golden Knights at uh, Rogers Place. This is from Big Oil in the Mac. Uh, Text in, in my opinion, this game defines the identity of this team. If they can't find that fire in their belly to redeem the playoff loss, then that speaks to the character of the guys in the room and nothing management or coaching will do can change that. Huge test coming up. Very well written, big oil in the Mac. So again, Oilers uh, 7-12-1, Vegas 14-5-3. The Oilers will see, I guess, the backup goaltender, if you want to call it that, Logan Thompson. Aiden Hill played well last night. Aiden Hill had the Oilers number in the playoffs last year, including the 39-safe performance in Game 6 to close things out. But again, Vegas defense missing some big parts. Uh Alec Martinez out, didn't play last night. Shea Theodore out, didn't play last night. But their defense is still big, really big. Uh, to be honest with you, last night they brought up a couple, well, they've been in the lineup for a little bit too. Caden uh, Korzak from uh, uh, the Miners, bring them up. And, and he's he's from Henderson, he's played well. He You know, he looked just fine, just fine last night. 
Uh, and again, can't say enough about Nicholas Egg. Zach Whitecloud is playing well on the back end. So is Braden McNabb. I mean, they have a really good, a really strong defense, and it's all led by Alex Petrangelo. So we'll see what kind of forecheck the orders are going to bring to these guys because if you can get on these guys quick, bang them up against the glass, push them off the puck if you can. It's That's a tall, tall order. I mean... We had, uh, what did we have in the last game that we saw? Ten hits, I guess, for Evander Kane. I'm going to say Evander Kane gets the same amount of hits tonight because he is going to be such a key to try to bang and battle and push uh, opponents off the puck below the goal line on the forecheck just to kind of give a little more leeway to his teammates. And I, I, I expect a big game from from Evander Kane tonight. Lots of games tonight. I, what is there, a dozen or so? Duke? I think there's about a dozen. I'm going to check that right now. I know the Leafs are playing, so Six, 10 yeah. games. Or 10 games. 10 games tonight. Me, yes. Yeah, 10 games tonight. Sorry, yeah. The big one, yeah, Maple Leafs and Panthers. We were talking a little bit about that with Ryan Kennedy. Now, the Leafs, with, I, I couldn't believe it. I, was, I just turned the TV on yesterday. I was in the garage working, doing some shellacking. And uh, they had like 15 minutes of coverage of Mitch Marner moving down to the second line. I was like, are you kidding me? I was just blown away at this. Couldn't believe it. The other games tonight that I think people will be keeping an eye on, uh, St. Louis and Minnesota, the coaching change in Minnesota. We were kind of touched on that yesterday, huh, Duke? You know, we were like, I just said, how long till Dean Avison gets fired? Then like, what, three hours later, he gets the hook. And uh, Johnny Hines comes in. So Wild just... Uh, stagnating, 5, 10, and 4. But again, I don't know what people want in Minnesota. Billy Guerin, I mean, and he had to, he did this, He he's going to bite the bullet. He's got $15 million, right, with two guys, with Suter and Parise on buyouts. That's that's insane. He's he's playing so far behind the eight ball, it's, it's not even funny. The other game of note, I think, Pittsburgh and Nashville tonight. Nashville won a five-game heater. Uh, Snarly. Vegas was saving juice from last night for today. This is the test. I don't know. What do you make of tonight's game? I think this is a game where I really think the Big Oil and the Mac nailed it on the head. And we touched on off the top about the uh, how, how big of a game this is. You know, I think everyone looked at the calendar and went, all right, 21 games till you play Vegas? I mean, this was the team that knocked you out of the playoffs. I mean, yeah, you've had the outdoor game with Calgary. You've, you know, you've had some, I guess, rivalry games with Vancouver, if you want to call it that. But this is the one that everyone circled on the calendar right from day one. Yeah, during preseason, I, I think at this mark of the season, the, the quarter mark for the Oilers, I think a lot of people would have thought this was like, all right, is this game going to decide who's uh, slides ahead, maybe into the top spot in the Pacific Division or something? Of course, we now know that that has not mm-hmm. been the case or will not be the case with the Oilers' uh, tough start to the season. But... As they've kind of rebounded here and got the offense going the past couple games, they've uh, limited to two goals against uh, total in their last two with a shutout mixed in there. So th- you said it yesterday, Kevin. You said it again this morning. And and Big Oil on the Max said it. This is a measuring stick game to kind of see is this team actually back on its feet and kind of trending in the right direction or is the last two games just a blip on the radar against mm-hmm. two teams that really aren't very good. So And 
it, it'll it'll matter a lot both in everything you said about the the compete level um the you you love to use this and i know some people don't like um this intense of a word but the hate factor up against mm-hmm. a team that eliminated you and had some bad blood with the petrangelo and dry hatred yeah, like it's it, 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 this game matters a lot, which is weird to say about a game uh, twenty into the season, but it, it means a lot all the same, especially with where the Oilers are at in the standings. I, I think, yeah, I mean, you could. How about a hate on hatred? Maybe might be a different word, and people might not like it. But again, what happened last year in the playoffs where the Oilers were so close, and again, everything was just unfolding for them. You got Seattle, <laughs> you know, Seattle. If you were to say. Uh, we have to beat Seattle to go to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, you're going to go, uh, how do we sign up for this? And if you get to the Stanley Cup final, you'll play Florida. You're not going to play Boston. You're not going to play the Rangers. I mean, everything unfolded perfectly. It was a perfect storm uh, for the Oilers. When we come back, it's the doubleheader, the double barrel. Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet and then Frank Saravalli from the Daily Faceoff at 8 o'clock and 8.20. Grant Fuhrer, the Hockey Hall of Famer, will uh, co-host with us from 9 to 11. Uh, Coachella Valley beat Bakersfield on Saturday 4-2. So we'll get Grant's thoughts on that because Jack Campbell played that game for uh, Baco, made 33 saves, uh, led in three goals. So we'll get uh, Grant's take on uh, that as well. And uh, Paul De Los Santos uh, from the Hockey News uh, covers the Vegas Golden Knights. And then at 10 o'clock, looking forward to this, Grant Fear along with his uh, former teammate and good buddy, Ron Lowe. Low Tide will check in at uh, 10 o'clock. Before that, at the top of the hour, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. You can watch NFL football at First Round on Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays. You could have done it Friday last week, too. You can win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.